going live. We have some people joining. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. I hope everyone can hear me all right. Make sure I have my everything silenced. I think we're good. Can you all hear me? I see Kevin's on here. There he is. All right, guys. Well, we are ready to take questions. So anything that you have related to health, hey, Angie, go ahead and type in any questions that you have. We had a good show today. Hi, Jack. We talked about exercise, well, really about movement. Um, we didn't go too deep into exercise. We did talk about the X3 bar, which I'm very excited that I think I'm getting one sent over to me. I think I just got an email, so I can't wait to share that experience with you all. Um, everyone's so quick to respond to things today. <laughs> um, but anyhow, we talked about movement and how important it is and how you can be doing everything right, including diet, getting enough sleep and all that. And if you're just not moving enough, you're just not going to have, you know, the benefits that you need from all of the other things. And we went over a few interesting stats on, um, what happens when you sit too long and you're not moving around. So go ahead and have a listen. We also gave, you know, some ideas on how to incorporate more movement because we know it can be very difficult for people who sit down most of the time. Um, and Kevin also, actually, he just sent a link to an article on exercise and depression. I know we did a show, I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe three on anxiety and depression and how diet plays a role there. Well, it turns out that there's a bunch of really good information that Kevin came across regarding exercise and depression and how it helps with that. So go ahead and have a look. The link is right here in the chat. Hi, Curtis. So at the end of the show, I mentioned how excited I am because Kevin's always talking about his amazing garden. And last week we got to see a little tour of the garden. And I, I don't have quite the amount of space that Kevin has. And I was gifted a tower garden, I think it was last Christmas. And basically I, um, I got, I was inspired after watching Kevin's garden and I decided to buy some new plant babies that are going in the garden and I have them right here and I thought I would show you. These are the babies I bought. So I have some herbs. I see some sage right here and some dill and some thyme. And this one is green beans. Ooh, I should ferment the green beans. I love those. And a zucchini plant. I don't know if this zucchini plant is going to have the right blossoms, but I love squash blossoms. And then I don't have to wait so long for the zucchinis, the zucchini to grow. So I'm hoping that those produce blossoms like regular squash blossoms. And then I have some, some lettuces. I have some 
spring mix, some red pok choy, and some green oak, red butter. Oh, and this is one of my favorite. It's called Mizuna. I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but it's one of my favorite. I don't know why. And it seems to do really well in the tower, but it's this kind of reddish one right here. That's Mizuna and some oregano. And that's about it for now. So I'm going to put these in the tower and we'll uh, check on it in the next few weeks and see how it goes. Oh, Kevin has a good idea to add dill to the fermented pickles. All right, and Jack has a question. Is there a way to check for a colonoscopy other than having a doctor do it? I called and can't get appointment till February. Kevin immediately asks, why are you wanting a colonoscopy? And I am very curious as to why you would as well, Jack. Um, Dr. Mercola actually, I mean, we've known this for quite some time, but I think just last week, Dr. Mercola did an article or posted an article about colonoscopies and the dangers. So um, unless it's absolutely necessary, I think Kevin's going to probably say the same thing as I'm saying, that you kind of want to avoid them unless they're absolutely necessary. Um, but Jack, if you can fill us in on speci more specifically on what kind of problems, that would be helpful. And Kevin mentions that if you're concerned about colon cancer, he'd recommend a stool test instead. So depending on what you need the colonoscopy for, um, I think it's kind of crazy that, I th is, isn't it true, Kevin, that they recommend that men over the age of, I don't know if it's 40 or 50, get colonoscopies yearly. Um, it's just, it's very, it's a very invasive procedure. Um, I don't know all the details about it, but they're essentially putting something in an area that is only supposed to have things going, coming out of, and they're, you know, they, there's, there's all these things that, you know, issues that can arise. For instance, you could kind of, uh, slough things off and cause infection or, you know, there, there are, I know that infection is definitely a concern. Um, so yeah, unless you absolutely need it, then I would think you would try to avoid it. And I'll try to find a link to the article, but Dr. Mercola did do an article on it last week of the dangers of colonoscopies. And Kevin said that 40 years old is when they start making the mandatory, supposedly, um, or at least they recommend them yearly, and that death is even po is a possible side effect. So yeah, something just to be aware of, and you know, talk to your doctor and hopefully try to find an alternative. If it's something that you can test, you know, maybe like like uh, Kevin mentioned, if you um, can do a stool test. Instead, that would be way less invasive. And I don't know. I don't know where really exactly what's going on there. But Kevin's also recommending a book that he says you should probably have a good read before you decide to go ahead and do it. 
All right, Jack, if you have a lot of medical issues that you're trying to search through, so there's, it sounds like you're, it's a trial and error situation in that one of your, um, you're hoping to find something if you have a colonoscopy. I don't think that really, I don't know. To me, I don't know if I would get a colonoscopy because you're trying to rule things out. Um, if you tell us what you're going through symptom-wise, maybe we can help kind of point you in the right direction. Um, also, have you done a discovery? I feel like you have. But there's a link to the book, Overdiagnosed, that Kevin recommends that you read. Um, let me see here. But depending on what issues you're, um, what symptoms you're having, let's, uh, let's try to weed out, you know, different things going on and see if we can figure out, you know, a better direction for you. Let's see. And if you haven't done a discovery call, definitely do that. Um, there's a lot that we can, you know, kind of pinpoint and address with a discovery call. You know, we address things, we start with diet, obviously, and then digestion. But if you have an issue going on and we start with the foundations, most likely than not, whatever issues you're dealing with are going to go away once you get on the right cycle. But if it's a colonoscopy, then are you, I'm wondering if you're looking for polyps, if you, um, if there's a reason to think that colon cancer is an issue. And in that case, like Kevin mentioned, maybe a stool test would be a better option. But anyway, keep us posted on that. Any other questions, guys? It's really quiet today. I feel like even the call-ins on the show were kind of sporadic. I feel like in my town, at least, everyone is um, coming off the long 4th of July week. It seems, I don't know, I notice a lot, a lot of people on their bikes still, a lot of people kind of partying, even, we even have fireworks going off every, you know, like every other night. It's kind of funny. I know uh, school's still out, so a lot of people aren't working, but, or taking vacation time with their kids, so maybe that's what it is. All right, Jack, let's see. Sugars are elevated. And you're looking for infection. Yeah, good question, Kevin. Have you done a C-reactive protein test? That is a really good indicator of inflammation in the body. And we know that inflammation, you know, is at the root of every disease. So definitely C-reactive protein is a good test. But if your sugars were elevated, I don't know if I jump to a colonoscopy because of that. I definitely wouldn't. Um, Kevin also asked what your white blood cell count is or if you've had that looked at. But yeah, if that's the only thing that's changed, sugar's elevated, then yeah, Kevin says he agrees that he wouldn't, he wouldn't do a colonoscopy for that. I don't know why. Did a doctor recommend that? Actually, I'm curious to know. And if you're worried about things like prostate, I mean, I just think colonoscopies are so last resort. 
They're very invasive. Kevin also asked if there's any sign of a fever. But yes, if there's any extra stress or, you know, sugars can, you know, obviously can go up. And when you say sugars are elevated, what test exactly did you have done? And, I, and yeah, how are you feeling otherwise? Or how are you feeling in general <laughs> is a good question. <laughs> we can only help you if we know so much. So we can only help you so much if we don't get the full, the full symptom report. So I would take a NutriQ at the very least and sign up for a discovery if you haven't had one. I just did a quick little search of your name and I don't see it popping up. So if you haven't done a discovery, definitely do that. Yeah. All right, guys, any other questions? I'm really excited to get these guys in the, the tower. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to put, because the lettuces don't get that big. I mean, I think they get like this big. So those don't get in the way, really. Um, the herbs typically grow tall. So I like to put those at the very top. And then I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do the, the zucchini. I guess I better <laughs> do a little search to see how they actually grow. Um, because if they need to, if they need like some kind of structure, then I can drape them on the fence. Um, or I don't know if they could grow down. Maybe I can grow them down, but then there's always the risk of bugs getting to them if they are on the ground. So we'll see. We'll see what I come up with. It's always, a, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go. It's the only way to do it just have to get in there and do it so yeah I'm really excited about these guys but yeah these are the seedlings that's how big they are when you buy them as seedlings they're actually a pretty good size for starters all right Jack anything else in terms of symptoms or does anyone else have any questions we have quite a few people on here I know some of you are probably driving so obviously don't type in your questions if you are but if you have any questions here's your shot let's see all right Jack some more information you were hospitalized in March from falling in the snow you had a acute respiratory failure had an endoscopy done and that put off the colonoscopy, had infection in your stomach. Oof. Yeah, what did cause a stomach infection? Honestly, I can't think of anything that would cause a stomach infection other than a botched, maybe endoscopy. I don't know. I mean, how far does an endoscopy go? I think they go pretty far. Well, let's see. 
Oh, a yeast infection in the esophagus. What's your diet like, Jack? That is my first question for you, or actually my next question. I mean, should have been our first question, but what is your diet like? Because I know that one of the signs of candida, which is basically yeast, um, there's a sign in, on the tongue that that you can, um, the, si the sign of the tongue is that it turns kind of white and looks a little fuzzy. Um, that's one way that you can tell if you have, you know, a yeast or overgrowth. Sometimes some people don't get it. Um, but what's feeding yeast is sugar. And so if I'm hearing that you had a yeast infection, what I'm hearing is that you probably have a standard American diet that's higher in sugar because that's the only way yeast can survive. Let's see. Kevin says that yeast infections are almost always caused by high sugar. There we go. By high sugar, it feeds the yeast. Yep. So if anything, your, your first step would be, I mean, unless you've already somehow gotten rid of the yeast infection, but that's telling me that you have a dysbiosis going on. You've got too much of the bad bacteria, the yeast growing and, um, and that that's, that's from too much sugar. So you can starve out the yeast by completely removing as much sugar and carbs as you can from the diet. Um, I don't know if Atron Teal helps with yeast, but we can look into that for you. Also, the Jardians that you were taking cause the yeast infection. I'm not familiar with that. Maybe Kevin knows a little more about that. Um, but what it all boils down to is too much sugar. Those infections are gone now. Kevin says, yes, it's a side effect of Jardians because it forces the body to eliminate sugar through the kidneys. Got it. Huh. I didn't realize that. I just learned something. Um, okay, so Jardians forces sugar out through the kidneys. That's what I just learned. So, yeah, I guess... I guess it could be a yeast infection from that. So how is your blood sugar? I mean, how is your sugar intake now? Hopefully it's really low. Hi, Michael. Good question, Kevin. Have you tried a continuous glucose monitor, Jack? I mean, something tells me that you're, you're definitely getting too many carbs in your diet. So that would be my first step for you. But def, I would sign up for a, um, a discovery call. That way we can get to the bottom of it and see where everything kind of lies. Um, Michael, I don't know if I understand your question here. IGH hormone processed. I, I'm not really understanding what you mean here. If you want to give us some more information there. That would be helpful. All right, guys. Let's see. 
anything else going on? Let's hear it. Hot dogs, etc. growth hormone. I still quite can't put together that question, Michael. Sorry. Jack says sugars are coming down. I'm on the Dexcom. Okay, so you are on a continuous glucose monitor. That's great. That is the best way to track your, your glucose. All right. P. Murray, what is the major cause of higher triglycerides? I eat essentially zero carbs and very, very little sugar. What about your fats? What kind of fats are you ingesting in your diet? Are you staying away from omega-6s? Are you eating a lot of omega-3s? Um, that's where my, my, my mind initially goes. Um, and, you know, what's, what's your diet like in general? I know that you're saying that you're essentially zero carbs and very little sugar, but um, give us a little more information in terms of, you know, what, what else your diet is like. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> Welcome. You are very welcome to sit on the sidelines today. Kevin mentions that triglycerides will be high while you're losing weight. Have you recently changed your diet? Um, P. Murray, have you recently changed your diet? Let's see. Michael says... Doctors said it's high in some foods, causes stroke. I believe it was the no grains doctor said that. Growth, what, the growth hormone? I'm sorry. I'm trying to piece together your question, but I have to go back and read it, Michael. All right. The insulin-like growth factor, what, or just growth hormone in general? HGH, do you mean? Human growth hormone? Oh, thanks, Kevin. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about hormones, like growth hormones that they feed to animals, um, yeah, it's it's going to be in a lot of conventionally raised animals. I, I'm not sure if, if it's a question or a statement. Um, but, yeah, there are they do use growth hormones in a lot of conventionally raised animals. Um, chicken, um, not sure about beef, but they do use hormones for beef for dairy cattle. Um, I'm not sure about if it's found. I'm not sure about, well, actually, yeah, they also use it for, um, when they impregnate, if they're doing artificial insemination. So yeah, there's a lot of hormones. <laughs> so if, 
if you're making a statement or asking a question, my recommendation is that you stay away from conventionally raised animals and that you eat animals that are raised in accordance to, um, you know, their, their natural, you know, natural law. So pasture raised, grass fed and finished, um, all of that stuff. So I hope that helps Michael. Yes. And Kevin says, that's why we recommend well-raised animals. Exactly. Of course. But yeah, um, to go back to that, yes, we absolutely recommend eating animals that are properly raised. So, you know, when it comes to, to beef, you want animals that are in their pasture, they're eating grass or grazing on grass all day long, as opposed to conventionally raised, you know, cows that a lot of the times they're, they're born on pasture land, but then they're sold to places that finish them off, which is usually a feedlot. And if you've seen photos of feedlots, it's very disturbing. There is no grass in sight, like whatsoever. I don't think I've ever seen even a little bit of grass in sight. It's basically just dirt. Um, they're outside. Some of them have shelter. Some I've seen shelter and some not, some just in the sun. Um, and they're fed things that they, that, that cattle shouldn't be eating. They're fed things like grains, um, a lot of corn and wheat and, I don't know if they feed them soy products, but I really wouldn't be surprised if they were. And there are, the whole idea is to fatten them up quickly so that they can put it on the table quicker. Um, and so they're raising animals that are not healthy because cattle are not supposed to be eating that. So when you eat an animal that isn't healthy, it's only natural to assume, and there has been plenty of studies suggesting that you cannot be healthy if you're eating an animal that's unhealthy. So definitely try to get all of your animal products from a place that, that you, that you, you know, that are properly sourcing it, um, or direct from a farmer. Um, Kevin has mentioned a handful of times, different, you know, options for that. I personally like us, um, wellness. Is it us wellness? Um, there's another beef company that we use that's out of Idaho called Desert Mountain, and we really like them. Um, so yeah, that's basically what it all comes down to. A lot of those animals, in terms of their fat content, those conventionally raised animals are going to be much higher in omega-6s than 3s. Omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. They're the ones that cause inflammation. Um, and the omega-3s are the ones that do the opposite. They're going to be, you know, the essential fatty acid that helps mitigate inflammation. It helps, um, it's anti-inflammatory. It helps bring uh, inflammation down. Let's see. Great, Michael. You should definitely change from dirty keto. You know, dirty keto is a good way to start for a lot of people. Um, but once you're committed, then definitely start getting um, your animal products from a 
trusted source. All right, Jack, back to you. Let's see. 12 years ago, I had an aneurysm in my legs. I had stroke with hemibolismus last year. I'm not familiar with that term. I'll have to look it up. They did a PFO closure in my heart last July, suffering from circulation in legs and neuropathy. I just have been working on so much for the past year. I did a NutriQ, but backed out since things overwhelmed me. Also been smoke-free for four months. Jack, I can't stress you uh, stress enough. Um, I'm, I'm going to beg you to retake a NutriQ if it's been longer than a month, which I think it has, um, and just sign up for a discovery call. Let's talk through this in detail. Basically, all you're researching is, it's gonna be fruitless. Everything that you do is gonna be fruitless without changing the most basic things, like diet and ensuring that you're digesting your foods properly. Once you get that started, I promise those other things, whatever symptoms you're having are going to slowly fade away, but you have to commit to it. And if you're having these issues, I mean, you have quite a lot going on. I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is. Your health is everything and what you're putting in your body is going to make a huge difference. So please, please sign up for Discovery Call. Oh, I'm sorry if my audio is poor. I don't know if it's on my end or yours. If it is on my end, um, I guess it's good timing for it to happen because we are coming up at on time here. Angie says she can hear me. Thanks, Angie, for chiming in. But um, yeah, and so did Kevin. But anyways, Jack, I think... Most importantly is um, I want to stress the importance of you taking, retaking the NutriQ and signing up for the discovery call. It can't hurt. Um, definitely, please do that. And we'll, we'll get you on the right track. Um, and there's, there's no way you could be suffering from all those other things if you're on the right track diet wise. So, that's going to be your first step. Um, I will personally find you and email you um, to help answer any questions you have in terms of setting up um, the NutriQ and the discovery call. <laughs> Thanks, Angie. <laughs> All right, guys, we are wrapping up here with this live Q&A. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to go ahead and get these lovely plant babies started in the tower garden and we'll give you an update in the next few weeks on those. But other than that, um, I think the biggest takeaway on this is that if you're having issues and you have not signed up for a NutriQ uh, for the discovery call and taken the NutriQ, that is always going to be our number one recommendation. That is going to give us a very good idea in terms of where you stand with your health. And the questions in the NutriQ are based on the symptoms that you're experiencing. So there are no right or wrong answers. It's just how you're feeling. 
And going by how you're feeling and those symptoms, we are able to really see where um, the priorities and where we need to really prioritize your health and the little tweaks we need to make. And we always start with the foundations, which are uh, diet and digestion. And from there, um, you know, we can we can go on from there. All right, guys. All right. Thanks for joining us, Curtis. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining. And we will see you here next week. Take care.